0: Right. Um, yeah, we'll pray and then we'll, we'll, we'll get into this because this is going to be pretty, uh, pretty heavy. I think. <laughs> um, Father, we just yeah, really pray that you be with us here at the moment. Um, really pray that you bless the words that come out of my mouth. That yeah, they just fall on ears that are open to hear. And uh, just yeah, pray you soften my heart towards this message today to be able to deliver it in love and understanding. And just pray, Lord, that. Yeah, your Holy Spirit will be here with each of us, helping us and guiding us through uh, your parables, Lord. And we just give you thanks and praise in, uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, <coughs> I've got phones galore here to get this open and read it. I do want to read the whole thing first. Um, I think it's important, and we are going to pretty like intensely focus, I guess, on the parable. Um, I'll give context to it as, as we get into it a little bit more. But. So uh, we're reading from Mark 4, 1-20. to 20. <laughs> Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. <laughs> and he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and it immediately sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. (coughs) And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables." so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So are so is the Word, and these are the ones along the path where the Word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the Word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation and persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful but those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold um this is probably for for some of us is like and for me even as I was <laughs> sort of trying to write it it got a bit um Repetitive for me in my in my stubbornness and in my sinfulness, I was like, "Oh my goodness! I feel like I'm just I'm just going to be constantly throwing this scripture at you, constantly throwing this parable at you, and I don't want to bombard you with it." But at the same time, um, when it comes to the parables, we really, um, and as we'll see as we go on, we actually really need to dwell on these teachings. Um, so, as we've seen together. <laughs> you get into the uh, into the parables and it starts to get somewhat confronting. Uh, well, that, it did for me, I know that much, I can speak from personal experience. It, it does get confronting. Um, the parables are actually there in order to bring judgment on those people who don't yet trust in Christ. Okay, that's the, we're, that's the purpose of them at the moment. But their, their secondary purpose is to give instruction to those who do trust in Jesus. So not only is it bringing judgment, and condemnation in a sense, I guess, convicting people's hearts through the teaching. It's also teaching those that Christ knows in the crowd. He's going, I know that you trust in me. Hear you as he who has is to hear. Let him hear. May God help you understand. Um, now, the reason why I found it confronting is I'm learning uh, through discussions with Steph and through reading the scriptures myself, you can't take the parables at face value. You can't just sit back and just go, you know what, this, oh, this, it's about a farmer, no worries, sweet, that's sick, you really, Christ is calling us to really sit on the word, really dwell in it and actually take it in so that we can take in the deeper meaning, the kingdom, the kingdom meaning behind the story. <laughs> now, the reason why um, I want to sort of explore this stuff, uh, especially the cryptic uh, riddles in a sense, like the parables... Um, Jesus gets pretty serious with the parables from this point he, the people that have followed him have seen miracle after miracle have seen healings and casting out of demons uh, people that saw him get baptised by John the Baptist saw the heavens torn open and saw the dove descend down on Christ all this crazy stuff was happening left and right around Jesus so you would think it's pretty fair to say Around Jesus, it became a pretty trendy thing to do to follow him. It was actually the neat thing to do. People were going, Have you heard about this Jesus fella? He's doing all this crazy stuff. How about we go and follow him and see some crazy stuff going on? That'd be sick ass. What a weekend out. Okay? So it's like these people were following him and going, Come on, give us a miracle, Jesus. We want to see someone be healed. Yahoo! That'd be great. Okay? But then Jesus sits down, okay, in a boat with massive crowds of people. And goes, I am going to tell you a story. Listen. Behold. This is important. You need to take this in. Now some people are kind of sitting there and we will learn as we hear about the different types of soil. They're not really wanting to. They're just like, I'm just getting uneasy Jesus. Come on, just heal someone and then you can keep going with your rambling. But for the people that really knew what Jesus was, who he was, these parables are crucial Crucial in their understanding. And it was, uh, I've put down here, it's actually uh, meat, meat for these people to chew on. It's not just, in a sense, just this surface level stuff. It is Jesus going, I want you to chew on this. I want you to really dwell on it. I want you to explore it. Please be with me in that. (laughs) And it's uh, it's a really incredible thing. But uh, it... As we get into talking about the uh, parable, it really shows you where it kind of separates the serious from the not-so-serious. So, (laughs) So, um, (laughs) as as I I pointed out, as you get to verse 3, when Jesus... it Actually, I like to pay attention, even though it's our English translation, (laughs) but I want to point out the fact that, uh, listen, with the exclamation point there, is not something... Very simple. Jesus is going, oh come on guys, just listen up. Oh my goodness, you know, like a grade one teacher. Oh, it's okay, sit down, be calm. He's listen. This is important. Behold. Okay, this is really important for you to take in. It is not something that he's just like, if you choose not to listen, that's okay. He is he is trying to get these people, listen up. This is important. Okay? And I also want to point out, uh, it's, and we'll see, we will see further on as he starts to flesh this out. <laughs> he just declares straight away, a sower went out to sow. I want to point this out, it's a very important detail. He does not say, a farmer went out to till the soil. He went out to make sure the soil was ready for the seed. He just says, a sower went out to sow. Okay? That's really, really important. Okay? Really important to keep in mind. The sower does nothing else but go out and sow the seed. Okay? So we'll explore that a little bit more soon. I'm sorry to keep foreshadowing the rest of the message. But so listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. I know we're reading this constantly, but just bear with me. (laughs) Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and then produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30 fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Um, there are a couple of fun little uh, things that I wanted to point out here. First off, the soil, the good soil, producing 30 to 60 to 100-fold of grain. That is absolutely bonkers in the numbers of back in the day. Now, I'm uh, doing some research The typical average numbers, if you want to say that, were anywhere from fivefold to tenfold to fifteenfold for a crop. If you got tenfold on your crop, holy smokes, that was a good crop. That was good. So when Jesus talks about this good soil, that's another point to really draw you in and go, what is happening? What is going on with this soil? Give me some of that. I I want my grain to grow like that. To get 30, 60 to 100 fold of migraine, holy smokes, there is something about this soil that is just different. Okay, It seems like such a small thing and for me on the surface, I read it and I just went, oh yeah, sure. You know, Jesus talking about the kingdom and what not and God opening your heart. But it's so, much, it's so much more important because you need to understand Jesus saying that is going, this is different. This is not your typical soil. This is not your typical crop. This is different. The secret of the kingdom of God is here in your face. Hence why the parable is being taught. Okay? And it's uh, really important to understand as well, as we go in and we hear the the phrase, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay? This isn't just talking about someone who's freshly cleaned their ears out, someone who's got the, the... pinnacle of hearing in the humankind. He is saying, it's implying if you have surrendered your heart to God, if you hold God as the most high in your life, may God help you to understand what I'm about to teach you here today. May God give you an understanding of this parable, of this teaching. Okay? So every time you hear him say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear it, saying someone who has surrendered to God and is not trying to serve themselves. Okay. So when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. So they may indeed see but not perceive. They may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now, uh, the first part there, Jesus is more or less drawing from Isaiah 6, 9 and 10, where God gives... the. uh, I I had it written down, but it's not here anymore, sorry. (laughs) But... Uh, Isaiah 6, 9 and 10 where God tells Isaiah go and tell the people uh, pretty well, yeah you're going to hear but not understand and see without really understanding, uh, without really seeing Uh, i butchered that but you kind of understand, we can look it up together later, but (laughs) this isn't God really just trying to be this isn't God really just trying to be a bit of a mongrel, okay I know it's a bit of a harsh word But God is really trying to say, I want the people who are serious to really seek me out. I don't want them to just understand the secrets of the kingdom of God right on the surface. I don't want people here who are seeking their own agenda to be able to discover the secret of the kingdom of God straight away. I want them to seek it out. I want them to have a deep relationship with me. So when people try in their own strength, they may indeed see with their own two eyes. They won't perceive, they won't understand really what Jesus is saying. Okay, And it's also, in verse 13, you not understand this parable, how then will you understand all the parables? Uh, it's a warning to the disciples. Hey, look, if you don't understand this, your heart may be hard towards the message of God. You may not really be understanding when you think you understand. It is important that you need to understand these. So then Jesus goes on to explain, and we learn as we go through Mark... He actually goes on to explain the parables to his disciples. Every parable he sits down with his disciples and he explains. He explains deeply and he actually is in relationship with them, talking to them about it. We hear about that later on in Mark after we hear about the the parable of the mustard seed. He talks about sitting down and teaching them and all that kind of stuff, but I assume we'll get to that at some point. (coughs) Uh, So we'll go on to Jesus' description. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. Okay? And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who when they hear the word immediately receive it with joy. When they but they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Okay? <coughs> Sorry. They have no root but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. 30-fold, and 60-fold, and (laughs) 100-fold. Now, as I was uh, looking through some uh, commentaries, I was given one by Derek, by a guy named Donald English, uh, and he said here, the the sum-up point really, the central clue in the parable is found in the various types of openness in the ground. Okay? Neither, and this is what I was foreshadowing at the start of the sermon, neither the sower nor the seed and certainly not the weather are the deciding factor to the reception of the the soil. Everything depends on the state of the ground. Because we know, if we're going to look at it at surface level, the sower is Christ. Or, as, uh, as has been mentioned uh, in commentaries uh, alike, the sower can also be Christ's faithful followers who are delivering the Word. Okay? The seed, as we know, the gospel message of Christ, the true message of God. Okay? So we know the sower, either being God or someone who is completely faithful to God, Okay? They are not the deciding factor on how people receive the message. Okay, We do not hear in the Bible about God twisting someone's arm up behind their back and saying, you better believe in me. Okay, You better believe or you're going to die. And then he's starting to break their arm going, believe in me, believe in me. And unless they're a dodgy preacher, you don't usually see someone if they go out to evangelize to someone. Twisting someone by the ear and going, you need to listen to my words, buddy. Okay? You need to become a Christian, otherwise you're going to die. Okay? That's not how it works. We actually can't affect how people receive our message. I can't affect, as much as I'd like to know that you would receive preaching with joy, especially my message today with joy, I can't affect the way that your heart receives my message. You understand? The way that your heart receives the gospel of Christ. Okay, I can't change that. And we know that the gospel of Jesus in itself is perfect. Okay, And yet that perfect message of Christ sometimes is not enough to convince you or convince your heart, hey, there needs to be some change. We're going to explore this a little bit more in just a second. <laughs> so, uh, the parable of Sower <laughs> Uh, on well really, as I was just talking about, it is a parable about how open we are to receiving the Word of God and what things get in the way in our lives of us fully surrendering ourselves to God. Okay? We see that the seed that is scattered on the path is just snatched away. okay? This is someone, who isn't open to receive the Word of God or someone who isn't even trying or can't understand the Word of God. Okay? So Satan takes his opportunity and goes, they do not understand, they do not want to receive, I'm going to take that away so it does not germinate. Okay? So it does not start to grow. See you later message, it is gone. Okay? (laughs) Now it is really difficult because, uh, and this, this, is, this is where the daunting part sort of comes in, especially in, in your future church relationships, if you ever end up in a different church somewhere, or even people that come here to this church. Uh, people like this might seemingly fit in to a life of uh, Christianity, okay? <laughs> uh, they might live a life that looks exactly like yours and mine sometimes, okay? Okay? They might go to church, okay? They come along, but they're a bit of an empty shell, okay? They're not really taking on the Word of God. They're there just to just, yep, I'm here, okay? And that's, uh, that's really scary. It's a really scary place to be. But the thing is, although their heart is hard, we know that their heart can still be softened. So take courage in that, okay? their heart can still be softened by the work of the Holy Spirit. We cannot lose hope in that. Just because we can see people whose hearts are hard now, does not mean that they are always going to be hard towards God. Okay. We need to cater for the work of the Holy Spirit and the sovereignty of God. Okay. So, if I feel like I'm, I don't want to feel like I'm bombarding you, I'm really sorry, but uh, (laughs) if we go to the second illustration. okay. The seedling whose roots were too shallow so when trial and tribulation come, their faith went out the window. Okay, that's sort of Ned's terms. Now an example of this, it's best to kind of look at someone who hears the word and is so just Deeply excited. Oh my goodness. Jesus is amazing. I love this. The word of God is incredible. My life is changed. This is next level stuff. I am loving Jesus. This is perfect. Okay? How wonderful. And yet, (coughs) people like this tend to really enjoy the spiritual high of being a Christian. The shallowness of being a Christian when you get to experience... My word, Jesus, makes me feel good. Wow, Jesus brought so much blessing in my life. This is great. I love that Jesus loves to bless me and he wants to bless everyone. This is great. Everyone's receiving blessing. And yet, they seemingly leave out the part where a life in Christ also includes persecution. So that in enjoying the blessing, when persecution comes along, they go, I'm out. Stuff <laughs> this. I was happy, Jesus, while I was feeling that spiritual high that you're giving me, while you're making me feel real good and warm and fuzzy, but I'm good with leaving out the persecution side of things. Okay, I don't want that to be a part of my faith. So then they wither up in the persecution and their faith seemingly dies. Okay? <laughs> Now, these first two uh, come across as like really full-on, but the third one is where it gets kind of, uh, kind of miserable. <laughs> that's, that's not to be too harsh, but uh, the third is probably the most miserable uh, of, of people with a faith. Okay? The seedling that is choked out by the thorns. Okay? That being the worries of life, self-indulgence, and deceitfulness of riches. Okay, so bear with me when I say that it's the most miserable because this person's heart is in complete and utter turmoil, in complete and utter struggle. Okay, this is someone who has heard the word of God, has received it with joy, but then suddenly life becomes too difficult. Okay? They might worship their job. They might worship the money they make. They can worship their children. Sounds like a crazy thing, but it is a very easy thing, if you're a parent, it is a very easy thing for us to do, to desire to please our kids, for our kids to like us back. Okay? It is a deep desire in a parent's heart, and yet if we allow that to be the central focus of our ministry to our kids, okay, when our kids are gone, We've got nothing. Okay? So we start to get choked out by these other things that we allow to cloud God. Okay? Cloud our worship of God. Whatever it may be in your life. I may not mention it here today. Okay? But you know sometimes there are those things that tend to be a bit of a prick in the side, Okay? In your life. And the thing that we really, really need to do. Okay? Is be praying through that. That's a really, really scary place to be and it's a really hurtful place to be. Okay, Because as we allow ourselves to get choked out, as we get choked out by the worries of life, we actually become stagnant. We don't really go anywhere. We're not going out to evangelise to people. We're not bringing the word to people in our friendships and our relationships. We're not telling people about Jesus. But the thing is, we're also not really going back. Do you notice that Jesus doesn't talk about the sapling or the seedling dying. He just says it doesn't bear fruit. Okay? He doesn't say the seedling that is choked by the thorns dies away. He says the seedling that is choked by the thorns continues. It continues to be choked by the thorns. It just does not bear fruit. It does not bear the fruit of the kingdom. Okay? It's a really, it's, I'm confronted by this, which is why I'm really hanging on (laughs) it, okay? You really, when you read through this stuff, you really need to question where your own hearts are. As I was reading this, I was really questioning, God, where's my heart at? Do I have a heart that is this good and rich and fertile soil? Or God, am I allowing the worries of my own life to choke out the message that you've sown into my heart? What am I doing, God? Reveal this to me. Now, the purpose, I asked myself as I read this, and I wrote it down because I was like, what's the purpose? What's the purpose of understanding the different types of soil? Why is it important to understand this? Okay? Uh, And I was listening to a a podcast from Timothy Keller, and this is his statement. The kingdom of God comes through hearing. Therefore, make sure you hear Christ. That's why I'm really pushing. I want to really push, not just for myself, but for all of us here today. okay? As a church body, as believers in Jesus, I want us to really understand. We need to sit on this word. We need to understand. We need to hear Christ in what he's saying in this parable. Tim Keller goes on to say, The kingdom of God is easy to reject it is easy to miss okay it is very subtle okay you have to think and take it in this parable shows us okay that in times when we think or people in our lives when we see that we we think they may have heard the word they haven't they haven't taken it in it hasn't started to grow in their heart Okay? and it's a scary thing it's something we need to be constantly praying about without ceasing that God will you please soften our hearts that we will be open to your teaching constantly now the reason why Tim Keller he, he says in his sermon as well um, he says that it's very subtle because Jesus also uses some parables as we see in a couple of parables time about the kingdom of God being like a seed same as it's spoken about here the seed is a very small, a very subtle thing on the soil, you can't really see it when it's there and then it starts to grow okay, it's something that's very small in comparison to something that is in your face and up front and like I said before, God's not twisting our arm to tell us, you must believe He sows the seed and if our hearts are hard towards that message then it just gets taken away. Okay. Now, uh, Steph Steph brought into question as well and I want to bring this out because it's sitting on my heart at the moment. Um, When we're talking about, uh, you look at examples like Pharaoh where God hardens his heart. That becomes a really scary topic. Because God is sovereign. Okay? And it becomes really scary because you just don't know. But if you allow yourself to fear in that sense, oh my goodness, what is God gonna do? Then you're already losing the battle. For me, I was worried. Okay, when Steph and I were talking about it, we we're like. What's going to happen to our kids? But the thing is, we need to understand in this parable, we're, we're learning about the sovereignty of God. God is constantly throwing the message out there. Okay, He is constantly sowing the seed. He is constantly sending His faithful followers, like you guys, okay, like you guys, out into the workforce, out into the world with other people, to be a light to the community, to sow the word in people's hearts. Okay? Like I said, we can't do much else apart from that. We have the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is all we need, and we have a faithful and loving God. We don't need anything more. We sow the word, we trust that God will help it to grow. Okay? It is a scary thing, and yes, God can harden people's hearts. But we also need to understand. God desires a relationship with His people. If you are seeking God and you are diving into His Word, okay, that's all we can do. We really need to... It's, this, is, this is faith. This is faith, okay? And I'm saying this to you because I'm hoping it'll slap me in the face. Faith in God is not easy. Otherwise, everyone will do it. Okay, Hence why Jesus talks in parables. Jesus talks in these parables because he does not want this to be surface level teaching that anyone can just understand as soon as they pick it up. Okay, you really need to dig in, think about it, really sink into the Word. And see the main things that take us away from God from this parable alone that we see is human hardness the shallowness of the human heart and our own self indulgence from this parable we see those are the major things that are really drawing believers away from God because God I just—I I don't care to understand that message Oh God I mean you were blessing me now you're not Oh God work's just too hard at the moment Oh God my kids are just too difficult at the moment I feel like I'm being choked out God These things they, and sometimes even these things they can be subtle until all of a sudden you realise oh my goodness And this is for me. I feel feel like I've gone through ups and downs of being choked out. But it's where we really need to realise sometimes these things, they start small. And then all of a sudden we don't see God anymore. We see everything of this temporary and fading world in front of us. When right beside us and right in front of us all the time, is God an eternal, loving, merciful Father who is waiting there all the time to embrace you, to hold you, to bring you back? Okay, he never—he will never leave. That's what I want us to understand. God never leaves; He's always there. It's just everything else that gets in the way. Um, I—I want—I want to give this as a sort of a. Uh, as a bit of like a final encouragement, both for myself and for you guys, hopefully it encourages you, but um, take courage in the mundane. Seems like a weird statement, but as I said before, these stories, these parables, can be kind of hard for us to sit and really think through. It can kind of seem like, oh man, we're just listening to another story. I, just, I really want to go to where Jesus brings healing to someone. I just need to hear about a miracle right now. But if we're constantly chasing miracles, we are missing the meat of the gospel. Okay? I say that from someone with experience. As a hypocrite in my own right, <laughs> we really need to take a hold of the meat that Jesus has given us here in these parables, in the gospel. Okay? Okay? I know for myself they come across as frustrating but like Jesus says these parables, Jesus' teaching the complete teaching of these gospels it's the secret of the kingdom of God the secret of Christ's rule over our lives so I really hope I really hope for all of us and I'm really praying I'm really praying that God can God can really help this stuff to sink in I hope that he really encourages encourages us to really sink into his word because I can't I can't encourage us enough and I can't push enough this is crucial in our faith we need to be digging into God every single day and if we're not We need to be asking ourselves, are we shallow? Are we self-indulgent? Are we hard towards God? And if you feel you are that way, like I have felt, the only solution to that is God. You can't fix yourself. We need to be in constant prayer with God, constantly diving into His Word. Constantly seeking what his will over our lives is. I'm sorry to sort of bombard you. And if it's been a bit all over the place. But we're going to pray now that God will help us to understand. uh, Help us to understand what we've gone through this morning. Father we know. um, We know that your discipline is difficult on us. But we know that it is very good. We know, Lord, that you are merciful towards us and that you are loving towards us. And, Father, we pray. We pray that you will help to give us a deeper understanding of your parables and your teachings within, uh, within your scripture. That, Lord, in times of trouble, especially uh, for those of us like myself who sometimes struggle to understand your word, I pray you will help us to dig in further. To really sit with you, Lord, in prayer and in that relationship. Lord, so that we can be closer to you. So that we can really understand what you're trying to say to us, Lord. That your message can sink into our hearts. And we can really just sit in that grace, Lord. that we can sit in sometimes the confusion and frustration of the the teachings that are hard to understand and we can really find a joy in them. And we pray, Lord, that you will help to make us uh, a good soil that receives your word with joy. That our hearts may allow the word to grow. And that we can really be fully devoted to you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your love and grace. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.